0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the BlogTalkRadio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Odarico, and right alongside is LPGA professional legends tour player Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy.
0: Good morning, Ted. What's up?
1: Um, I don't know. Not really a lot here in Florida. Uh, typical Florida day. Weather, you know, probably going to be uh, approaching uh, 80, but I understand you got some interesting uh, temperatures going on in Buffalo, New York. So tell us about that. You were telling us just off air.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be 78 today. Hard to believe That's- it's November 10th. We could have I'm- three feet of snow.
1: I know. I was just about to say, what's typically, because I, I, it's been a while since I've been up your neck of the woods, but what's typically around this time of year? What's the average temperature? Do you remember?
0: I don't, but probably
1: 40, 50. Wow. So uh, get out there and enjoy it. If you're up in the uh, northeast, especially in the Buffalo area, get out there and enjoy it. Um, 78. Uh, now, is that what is predicted uh, around that for most of the week, or, or do you know?
0: No. Tomorrow... The reality shows up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Well, no, tomorrow right. 66, then 50, then 52, then 48. So, you know, you, normalcy comes back. Enjoy it while you least, got it is the lesson.
1: Yeah, at least you're going to ease into it. And, of course, uh, you probably still got a few leaves on the tree up in the northeast, so you got a little bit of... Uh, color there to, to happen so get out and enjoy it today uh if you're able to get out and about and obviously uh be mindful of social distancing of course but um get out there and enjoy it you're not going to get 78 too many times uh, in this uh you know this part of the season uh, in buffalo new york so get out and enjoy it while you can That's all right we've got a great sure. show this yeah yeah we got a great show this morning um we're going to be joined by a couple of uh, guests first off we're going to be joined by frida uh, shinholt she was the winner of these past week's uh, 2020 symmetra tour Championship. And then a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Rachel Pollack. Uh, She's an LPJ teacher professional and Arkansas State assistant women's golf coach. We'll have her on the second half of the show. Uh, But before we bring out uh, Frida, let me just remind everybody, of course, uh, Women of Golf is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top quality programming designed to attract uh, the golfing enthusiasts. Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment. Tips from Top PGA and LPGA Teacher Professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So subscribe today. Go to golftipsmagazine.com. All right, Cindy, as I mentioned, uh, we've got uh, the winner of last week's uh, Symmetra Tour Championship uh, from Sweden. Uh, her name is Frida Schinholt. So let's, uh, let's bring Frida out and welcome her to the show. Good morning.
2: Morning, morning. How are you doing?
0: We're doing great. Holy cow, what a week did you have? Have you come down Thank off you. the yeah, well,
2: cloud yet? I don't know. It's starting to sink in a little bit. I had probably, we finished Friday and um, drove home eight and a half hour. I still woke up at like six, six in the morning and had the adrenaline still going and then got a little hit on Sunday with no energy. So I guess it's starting to sink in a little bit. It's It's great fun though.
0: That's awesome. So tell us about it. This was your first win, yes, on the semester yes, tour? Yes, that's, that's right. Mhm. And it was yeah, the I mean, last tournament of the year, and, and you moved into the top five. So tell the listeners the scoop.
2: Yeah, no, I, it's, it was my rookie year, and obviously 2020 is a different year uh, with everything. But I'm just happy with uh, having a schedule this year. I played eight events out of ten on the symmetric tour, um, and I was ranked 24th going into the last event and knew that there was a chance with the win to get into the top five. Uh, but it had to be some mess going right with a couple of players uh, not earning too much the last week to be for my best and for me to get into the top five. And all of a sudden, uh, everything happened. And, uh, and I'm sitting here with some L P J status next year and Youth Open coming up in four weeks. So I'm super pumped and super excited for everything. That's
0: so cool. Have you ever played in the U.S. Open?
2: No, it's going to be my first one. I've played British Open and the A&A one time, but first one uh, over here is the U.S. Open. Awesome. I've
0: had the pleasure of playing in five, so be prepared. I'm assuming you hit it really far?
2: Uh, it's, I'm probably just about average. Not super long, but we'll, uh, we'll try to hit the fairways. I know from... Two majors before the, the rough can be pretty rough. So, uh, no, just try to find the fairways down there in Texas to see. And then, yeah, just enjoy the time there.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Congratulations. Ted?
1: So, Rita, let me ask you, um, tell us a little bit about what the conditions were like. Uh, obviously, this um, the course was the River Run Country Club. Uh, that the event was played at. Tell us what the what were the course conditions like?
2: Oh, course was super good. Uh, green speed was very fast. Uh, big greens, a lot of elevation and slopes on the greens. Um, it was kind of like players talked it down a little bit early on in the week, like it's such a hard course and stuff like that. But I just tried to see the course as like every hole had birdie opportunities. That was very. My game plan was very aggressive. I tried to go for every pin because uh, we. I talked to my coach too in the beginning of the week, and we were like, the only chance to make birdies here is to really hit the pin because the greens are so tricky. And it might, I might be short sighted a couple of times that might end up in the bogus, But if I start to play on the safe side of the pin, I will miss a little bit, and then uh, I'll give myself hard, um, hard time to save bars. Uh, so instead, I just tried to hit every pin, be very aggressive, um, give myself lots of birdie chances. And then if I miss the green on the short side, I'll give myself some hard up and down chances. I'll just take it from there and accept that and uh, be happy with the other birdie chances. So, um, no, course was pretty tough uh, on the greens, but uh, I had a great week with my irons, which helped me a lot. So, um, yeah, super good course.
1: So let me ask you a follow-up on that because um, I know from talking with a lot of other European players, they like a little bit. Um, unlike here over in the U.S., where um, it's a you know a lot of people say it's a different way of playing. Sometimes, um, are you a good wind player? That's what I guess what I'm getting at is I know a lot of Europeans are very very good in windy conditions because uh, obviously depending on where you are uh, over in Europe, uh, you're faced with that a lot. Uh, especially in scotland and yeah. in england um so yeah
2: i grew up on an island in sweden so we had plenty of wind uh, over there too so i'm guessing i'm pretty used to wind uh, as well from back home i'm playing in scotland and the uk a couple of times growing up as well you i've kind of faced wind uh from growing up at the early age
1: so how do you adjust your game then when you're over here in the US and let's say you're not faced with that and you're typically used to hitting the ball a little bit lower in order to, to combat the wind? Um, is it a pretty, pretty easy adjustment for you?
2: I mean, back home, if it's wind, it's like it's not only hitting it low. Like sometimes you have downwind on the fairway and you want to hit long drive. That's a high shot. So um, I guess I've been hitting like – all kind of shots growing up, uh, but obviously good to learn to not only be scared to the wind, but also use the wind. Like you can use it if it's a tight pin position and use the wind to get there closer. And um, uh, yeah, don't just don't be afraid of the wind and kind of think of how you can use it instead to get it to help you and uh, help you to get closer to the pins.
1: One other question I want to ask you, then I'll, um, Cindy, I'll send it back to you. Um, what's the best and worst parts of your game? For me? Yes.
2: Oh, what's your, strong, yeah, what's
1: your strongest, what area needs, and, and I know those are not the best words probably to choose, but what's the strongest, what's the, <laughs> yeah, let me rephrase that. Let me take that back because um, I don't want to jinx you. No,
2: what's I, get, the strongest I what game?
1: Yeah, and then what, what um, area of the game need, needs more work?
2: So this year my accuracy with the driver hasn't been super good. Uh, something I, I mean I'm I like I love doing my stats and seeing what's going on. Um, I guess it's from time to time though. But I used to be a pretty good ball striker. Not not too much going on on the course, but um, this year my accuracy with the driver wasn't uh, very good. So something I need to work on coming up these coming weeks and in the off season uh, to be comfortable in tee boxes and. Uh, uh, when the pottery is hot, my game is pretty um, pretty hot. I used to be a pretty good um, up and down and scramble pretty good to, to keep saving my parts.
1: Very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
0: I find it interesting that you – of your game plan because – it you know, it's perfect because you've got nothing to lose. It's the last tournament of the year. If you don't finish it, you're already safe enough that you're exempt next year, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tell us a little bit more about that game plan because I think that's just awesome.
2: No, It was like you're saying, I had nothing to lose. I knew the only way for me to get into the top five is to win. And with if I win, there has to be like 12 other players that don't earn more than a certain amount to still uh, go ahead of me. So it was like out of my control. I cannot control what they're doing, but I knew that the only thing for me to do is to get the win, to have a chance to get in top five. So from first hole to the 72nd hole, it was just uh, trying to get myself as many birdie chances as possible. Um, Nothing to lose, really. Um, And, yeah, just out there, have some fun. Uh, try to hit as many golf, good golf shots as possible and try to enjoy it at the same time.
0: Absolutely. One more question.
2: How did you get
0: to Florida State from Sweden?
2: Uh, well, I was recruited from Coach Bond over here. Uh, I did visit five different schools over in the States uh, back in 2016, I believe. Um, and then I just sat down with my family. We wrote down... Uh, positives and negatives about the schools and kind of discussed what what was the parts that I needed the most and like for example a great practice facility that's pretty close to where I can live and to campus and stuff and the coaches over here at FSU were awesome. Uh, I still see them every day, and they're super friendly with me, and they want to help me out. So well, it was a pretty easy decision at the very end. Uh, I love it here at FSU. The facilities are great, and coaches and friends out here is awesome. And the weather is pretty good too. And it's a good, it's a good, it's a good spot to be.
0: That's awesome. My husband, my husband grew up in Pensacola, and it is nice yeah. up in the north. Uh, Northwest part of Florida, it's just, you still have a little bit of season change and it's not 85, 90, a hundred degrees every day. So that's awesome. Thanks,
1: Ted. Go ahead. Yeah. And that's exactly where I live up in the uh, Northwest part of uh, Florida. And I can concur. It's, it's beautiful up here. You get a little bit of the seasons. I'd like to see some more leaf colors though. I wish, I wish Florida had some other trees that you get a little color, but uh, it's pretty good. Um, So, Frida, let me ask you, um, I was reading through some of the notes here while Cindy was uh, asking you some questions, and golf is obviously uh, a part of your family. It's not just you, but uh, your father, Michael, of course, uh, teaches golf, and your brother, Marcus, uh, is a European tour member. So um, I would assume that your father has obviously helped you very early on in life with your game. What were some things that he taught you um, in preparation for where you are now And uh, are you and your brother, uh, is there some competition in the family?
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) There's a lot of, we're a very competitive family. We have bets on everything and yeah, we love to compete. But yeah, as you said, Dad's been in the teaching golf for 30 years, I think. Uh, The last, I think it's three years ago now, he quit the job at the uh, club where we have grown up to just, coach and teach me and Marcus uh full time but you know it's been great he's been a good um, teacher and dad and swing coach growing up it's been it's really been no pressure on golf Uh, I've done a lot of different sports and he's just been there if I wanted to play golf and if I did not he was totally fine with that and I, I just did other things but um when it got more serious, it's been super great to have. Uh, it's always good to have someone to discuss things with. Um, and now, even though, like, we live at uh, a different size of that big pond, that's like we're sending swing videos and uh, he's always there to support and help, which is, which is great. And uh, it's kind of nice to have someone very close. I mean, sometimes it's a little bit too much golf probably, but we try to Separate that and coach into two different persons, and uh, you know, just try to enjoy the time together on the road. He did carry for me, in Phoenix, um, so no, it's it's great to have him there. And with Marcus, it's very competitive. <laughs> we we do a lot of uh, yeah, just small things every time we compete, or who's taking the dishes and uh, who's making food and stuff like that. It's always something going on, which is great, great fun, and we. We just motivate motivate each other to become better, and uh, no, it's 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 a good deal.
1: Now, is Marcus older than you?
2: Yeah, he's three years older than me.
1: So, what do you and do did do... your mother go ahead?
2: I just go have ahead.
0: to ask: Is that your mother caddying for you?
3: Yeah,
2: she caddied. She haven't really caddied for me. Probably one like small junior thing when I was younger, but this was. Those two last week was the first time uh she actually catted for like for real, uh, for me. So it was good fun to have her on the back too. She's she's probably uh between seventy eight and eighty four uh, when she's playing. So she knows she knows the deal.
0: That is so
1: cool. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, Ted. Sorry I interrupted, so, but I just had to no,
1: ask. not a problem. Not a problem. No, it's a good question. Um Yeah, it's nice to have that. Really running throughout your family so who was obviously besides your mother um being around who was the first person that you either called or heard from uh when you won this past week
2: so they actually had my dad uh, as soon as i walked out of the uh, scoring after 18 they just gave me a phone and i i see my dad's phone number so he was they did a little surprise with him on the phone uh, when I walked out the scoring uh, area, which was fun. And then I had to call my boyfriend too, <laughs> straight after. Um, it's, yeah, he's coming to Caddy at Youth Open. So it's going to be great fun. And then my brother played in uh, Cyprus that week. Uh, so he was mm-hmm. like, it was probably like 3, 4 a.m. Uh, when we finished. So, But he called when he woke up at like 5 that morning. So I, I talked to him in the car down to back to Florida. But, yeah, family Family was first so besides a little
1: competition which obviously you have um, with Marcus um, what advice does he give you to help your game um, and what advice do you give him to help his game
2: um, you know we've always like seen and learned from. we took pretty different paths like I went to college he turned pro straight after high school so I've kind of learned from him, and he learned from me a little bit. I probably have more uh, experiences from over here in the states, while he knows more about uh, home back home in Europe and traveling around. But um, no, just like never give up, and just be prepared that anything can happen. And uh, yeah, just do, go out there and do your best. We we have probably showed out other our uh, the best of our games is good enough out there, but you just have to get it all put together and uh, yeah, get it done. Uh, But yeah, we're probably motivated each other pretty good too with practice. Um, We've been, I mean, we've been different. I've been over here in the U.S. for a while and he's been home back in Europe. So we don't practice that much together, but we always try to like have some good games together when we practice. And probably get a little small con- competitions in, in practice to
1: have them fun. Well, that's good. Um, let me just ask you another question. Um, I know this year was a little bit different uh, with the scheduling because of the pandemic. So I know uh, you, you ladies didn't play a full schedule, but um, being that this was your rookie year, what was, what's the hardest part? Um, is it the traveling, uh, you know, living out of a suitcase more or less, um, what's the hardest part of being out on tour?
2: Um, the hardest part for me has been I love to work out and lift weights when I'm home. Uh, and that's pretty hard when you're on the road. Now we've played five tournaments in seven weeks, I think it is. Uh, and it's like when you're home, you got your gym, you got everything, but then you're out on the road. You don't want to get like too sore coming up for a tournament day, but at the same time you can wanna, kind of want to like get the muscles going somehow, but um, no, it's hard to keep up with your strength, uh, I believe, but it's just something you have to learn uh, by playing and get more experiences from being out there, Uh, so that's something I need to talk with my physio about for the next year to find ways to uh, keep your muscles and don't lose them from playing. (laughs)
1: Well, you're still young yet, so you don't have to worry about that as much right now. But um, let me just ask you one other sort of a follow-up from that. And, you know, nutrition is obviously equally as important. You've got to have your strength and you've got to have uh, good nourishment. Uh, does the, when I say diet, I don't mean a literal diet that you're on one, but does your eating habits change a lot on tour? Like it's instead of the nice, you know, cooked meals that you normally have, you're eating more fast food or what, what is it like for you on the road? You, are you pretty regimented when it comes
2: uh, so, to your doctor? Yeah, this year we're we we we're not allowed to eat out because you're in kind of a bubble with uh, to keep away from the COVID. Um, So I've done a lot of Airbnbs with my friends this year, and we've cooked ourselves, which has been great. Like, you know what you're eating. You can bring some food to the course because also sometimes you play over lunchtime or there's like five and a half hour rounds and you'd miss one meal because you're playing at... 10 and finish at like 3 and you're like oh that was the lunch so it's pretty nice to have your own kitchen in an Airbnb where you can make some food prep before that you can bring out on the course too. Yeah that's also a hard part um, and it's hard to have a full meal in the middle of the round it's so much more going on and uh, but yeah I try to do as good as possible and not eat I don't eat McDonald's and going into the round <laughs> and stuff like that just <laughs> That's also very important to keep your energy up and uh, eat great food. Uh, It's important.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And um, I I try my best to lay off McDonald's, so I I agree. Um, Cindy, (laughs) go ahead.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, So what are you going to do for fun after the U.S. Open?
2: Um, So, my boyfriend is playing in the Arnold Palmer Cup the week or two weeks after. So, I'm going to watch that. And then we're doing uh, celebrating Christmas down at Disneyland. So, can I do some Disneyland to be kids or again. Disney World? Oh, Disney World. I'm sorry. <laughs> in Orlando. Yep. Oh, so that's we get to be awesome. Kids again. <laughs> Something else other than golf.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. So your boyfriend's a player as well?
2: Yes. He's playing his last year now at FSU as well uh, from Sweden. So that's also a good... Oh, he's from Sweden. uh... (laughs) And where did you meet him? Uh, Just last, like, um, just over a year ago, a year and a half probably.
0: So you didn't know him when you were back home?
2: Uh. I've known him for a while, but um, we started dating probably one year and a half ago back home in Sweden. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Who's better? Uh, I have to say him. I'm losing all the time, (laughs) sadly.
0: You know what? That's okay. I married a guy who played on tour, and I played on tour, and I've been married to him for 39 years, and I've never beaten him, and don't think I haven't tried. (laughs) (laughs)
2: No joke. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. But that's all right. Let them feel good. <laughs>
2: yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> all right, Ted, oh. go ahead.
1: Um, <laughs> so, uh, besides watching uh, your boyfriend uh, play some golf and, and go down to Disney World, what do you like to do outside of golf? I mean, obviously, you, you have to sort of decompress a little bit. Um, regardless of what sport you're playing so what do you like to do outside you know with when you're back home or when you're with friends and things other than golf what else uh, do you guys like to do
2: um i'm a very sporty girl i guess i love to watch ice hockey um watch swedish hockey league uh, and then just sport in general is pretty fun to watch um i love to make some food and Do my, like, energy balls and bake some bread and stuff like that. Uh, Spending some time in the kitchen is nice. Uh, And then work out, for sure. Uh, Lifting weights is a good feeling.
0: What are the uh, energy balls? Tell me. How do we make those?
2: Oh, uh, my favorite one is probably the one. It's like a freeze-dried raspberries with some coconut oil and dates and stuff. And then I do some, like a... Healthy chocolate one with uh, peanuts instead and some, um, yeah, dates and uh, Wow. Dates. Wow, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice.
0: <laughs> I thought at first, oh, how yucky is this? But it sounds pretty good.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're good. You should they're send nice. us the yeah. recipe. <laughs> yeah, we'll do for sure. <laughs>
1: No, never mind the recipe. Send us some The next time if you come on the show.
2: send <laughs> some right. and send. Oh, never mind
1: I the recipe. I, I I know they'd be a disaster if I cook them. But you know that's great. You, you've got to have um, and and you know this as a player. You, you've got to have some time away. And it's good that you have other activities. And I think it's good also that you play a lot of other sports uh, or enjoy you know, certainly watch you know other sports as well. So I think that's fantastic. Well, Frida, we want to thank you very much. Uh, unfortunately, our time's up, and we've got to move on, but uh, we want to thank you, and and uh, we appreciate you uh, spending some time with us this morning.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Super
0: fun.
1: Not a problem. Thank you, dear.
0: Good luck to you. Have fun. Thank
2: you. Have a good one.
1: All right. Thank you, Frida. Bye-bye. All right. That was uh, Frida Schinholt, um, last week's 2020 Symmetra Tour champion um what a great you know Cindy. it always amazes me and i know i've said this probably a thousand times on the show it always amazes me um when you listen to these young ladies that uh, are out on tour and number one they're very very humble um and number two they've got a plan they know exactly what it is they want to do and sometimes you know it doesn't always work out the way they'd like it um but they stick with it have you have you noticed that as well
0: They're mature is what they are and they're golf seasoned and mature and they are awesome. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just very, very cool that they're so like, she had a game plan. She stuck to the game plan. There was no emotion. At least she doesn't show it. It's like, I'm here to do a job, get out of the way, let's move. And that's so awesome because, Again, this is all because of the junior program. They learn this so much earlier. I was out there. I had to learn it while I was playing. And so the learning curve has, I don't want to say it's shortened, but it starts earlier. And Mm -hmm. they're all trained so well when they're younger. And, again, being from Sweden, I'm sure she was on the Swedish national team. And they all have programs and, you know, all these other things. So, it just helps them become more mature earlier. And, and now I must say the obvious of who did she knock out? You know, mm-hmm. someone didn't play well who was protecting their lead to be in that top five. And that person, yeah. you know, is sitting back. Again, it was a short season. You have to forgive yourself. But on the other hand, they've got to be like, oh, brother, you know, the inevitable the unspoken, the thing you didn't want to talk about happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. You know, there's, you know, even though there's always a winner um, you have to look at the other side as well. There's, there's some that uh, you know, didn't win um, and, you know, lose their positions and uh, it can be very, very, especially if you've been playing well, um, you know, decent throughout the season, and you're, you're kind of right in the hunt, and then all of a sudden somebody swoops in. And, and uh, you know, haven't we seen that many times over the years on the tour? Somebody's about ready to win the tournament, and somebody holes out from the bunker or, you know, sinks that long putt and, and kind of steals the thunder. And even though, you know, you still finish well, it's, uh, it's very disheartening. And there's actually some people, you know, on tour, Greg Norman comes to mind. Um, you know, he's had a few big tournaments stolen from him over the years and um, it, it's, uh, it sticks with you for a long time, I'm sure. All right, uh, we've got to move on, so let's uh, get ready for our next guest, uh, Rachel Pollack. Uh, she's an LPGA teacher professional and also uh, an Arkansas State assistant women's golf coach, and uh, Cindy, she's a fellow Canadian. Uh, uh, her and I have something in common. She's originally from Guelph, Ontario, and uh, played college golf at East uh, Tennessee State University, and uh, she, as I mentioned, she took the assistant coaching position at Arkansas State University uh, four years ago under MJ Shaw, who is also uh, Canadian and uh, her, got into the LPJ program to increase her, uh, I guess, her credibility and her experience as a young coach. And I think that was a very smart move on her part. So uh, let's bring on our special guest, uh, second half, uh, Rachel Pollack.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, we're
0: thrilled. Are you kidding? Thanks for being here. So, you grew up about an hour and a half from me. Did I really? Yeah,
3: I'm in Buffalo. Oh, perfect, perfect. I um, I would always play in the Porter Cup down in Niagara, Buffalo area, so I'm pretty familiar with there. Awesome.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. How many years was has the Women's Porter Cup gone on?
3: Um, it's pretty recent actually that they added the women's division, I believe it's about seven or eight years. Um, I played yeah. in the second quarter cup, but the men's Got division it. was so successful that they added in um, the the women's side on it.
0: Yes, yes. I did the um, keynote speech the first year they had it, and my husband uh, played in the his last Amateur tournament was the Porter Cup. He finished second, and then he turned pro and played on the tour for fifteen years. So, and our sons played in it a bunch. So it's very, very cool. So we're so glad you're here. I'll shut up, Ted. You can go ahead and ask her some questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, usually that's something you'd say to me, but um, but I'll, I'll take it and <laughs> run. That's um, true. <laughs> so, so Rachel, uh, welcome as well to the show. And uh, as I mentioned in the uh, opening uh, um, that uh, we're fellow Canadians. I'm born in Hamilton, but grew up in Burlington, and I'm very, very familiar with Guelph, and uh, so been there many, many times over the years. So um, we know that our seasons are, in Canada is a little bit shorter uh, than than what, uh, especially here in the southeast, which uh, where I am now. Um, so what do you do in you know, when you first got into golf? what first brought you to golf, um, being that we have such a short season, it's kind of an unusual, uh, career choice.
3: Yeah. Well, my dad and my grandfather were in the golf business and I say we come from a golfing family and kind of everyone plays golf, but then everyone also played hockey and played basketball. So you were then um, play golf in the summer, and then once the golf season wrapped up, it would kind of be the start of basketball season and hockey season. Um, so myself, I didn't play hockey, but that's what all of um, our family would do. I would play basketball, um, played competitively till I was 15, and then decided to make the the switch to focus completely on golf. Um, we would travel down to Florida with my academy during the winter for two weeks, um, and that was gave us a chance to balls off of grass instead of in a dome which i'm sure you're both familiar with uh it gets old after a little bit so traveling down to florida was always really nice to to be in some sunshine and play golf
1: so when you because i see here you you actually started playing golf at a very very early age around four but really didn't um i guess gravitate to it till you were a bit uh, older uh, around 13. so you mentioned that your, your father and your grandfather were in golf. In fact, they owned a golf store. Um, so I'm assuming you got to spend a lot of time around there. Was that kind of where the, the bug bit you, so to speak?
3: Yes, definitely. Um, the bug bit me pretty young, uh, but my parents were huge on keeping me athletic and not really focusing in on one sport too early. Um, I played... I think everything under the sun, golf, tennis, basketball, softball, a little bit of hockey when I was young, gymnastics. uh, But I think that ultimately helped me in the long run with golf. Um, The golf bug bit me probably at a good age because my parents would drop me off at the golf course before work and pick me up after work. um, And I'd just spend all day out there. I was the only junior girl member at the golf course, so I'd hang out with, with the guys all day, and I think that made my game even better. Actually,
1: I mean, you gotta admit, isn't golf the ultimate babysitter? I mean, you can just drop them off in the
3: morning. I mean,
1: I think. Now I'm starting to think back. I think that's why my parents used to do the same thing. They'd say, "Why don't you go and play golf today?" And they'd drop me off in the morning. And sometime when it was, uh you know, the sun was setting, they'd eventually show up and pick me. No, I'm only kidding. Um, but it, it's true. I mean, it's a <laughs> It's a great way to spend your day. There's lots to do. You can get out there and practice a little bit, and then you can go out and play, uh, you know, 18 holes or even just nine holes if you want, and it is a, a great way to um, just really enjoy the outdoor element. So um, let's fast-forward a little bit. Uh, you became an LPGA uh, member. You've been going through the program and so forth, uh, and then you, you took a, a, um, an assistance coach position with Arkansas State. So how did that come about, and... Um, what that, what has that experience uh, helped you understand?
3: So this was definitely, um, my opportunity at Arkansas state was a being at the right place at the right time. Um, opportunity. We were playing in our conference championship, which is in may, um, of my senior year when I was at ETSU and we got absolutely rained out. Um, so we were all back at our rental house with our coach, um, And I had been looking for a position and my parents were down at the conference championship and they asked me the day before, they said, have you found anything? Are you having any luck? And I was pretty down on my luck. Um, Wasn't feeling super confident about um, finding a a GA position. Um, And then there was a job posting that my coach got um, through the WGCA email. And she said, oh, I think MJ at Arkansas State is Canadian. Do you want me to give her a call real quick? maybe two minutes after the posting had gone up. Um, And my teammates are like, oh, come on, coach. Like, we were going to go to the mall and go shopping and waste the rainy day. And she's like, okay, give me a second. I'll just call MJ. Um, They chatted for maybe 10 minutes. I talked to MJ for 20 minutes, and on the spot, she said, the job is yours if you want it. Um, You can come down to Arkansas in August. And just like that, I had a job.
2: (laughs) And I wow. haven't
3: looked back since. I didn't. I didn't visit Arkansas before accepting the job. I accepted it on the spot. Um, and it's been. It was the best decision I could have made. I've, I'm in my fourth season here. Um, I absolutely love coaching. I love our girls. Um, I'm really proud to be a part of this program.
1: Very good. Um, one uh, kind of interesting note I wanted to mention, and Cindy, I'll, I'll let you have it back. Um, you know, as we were talking, you, you really come from a, a family of golfers, you know, your your father and grandfather and, and other siblings as well. Um, but what was interesting, sort of an interesting fun fact, is that uh, you're a family of lefties. And you jokingly say <laughs> yes. that you essentially had one set of clubs in the family. Um, <laughs> you know, all play the same way. Tell us about that. That's, that's unusual. I mean, that is really unusual. That's, al- I think, almost an anomaly to have all left-handed yeah. uh, How did that happen?
3: I don't know. Um, Like we do, we do joke that there was only one set of clubs in the family. My dad's a lefty, his three siblings, my grandpa, nearly all of our cousins. But the weird thing is, is that we're all right-handed in life. Like I write right-handed, I throw right-handed, but I play golf, baseball, hockey, left-handed. So we're just a, a little, I guess the Pollock family's just got something weird going on up in Canada. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, it's- we joke that we only had one set of clubs and um, they suggest a couple of teachers suggested to my dad when I was really young to switch me over, but it was how I naturally picked up a golf club. So he kind of wanted to stick with that and it's worked out. And if you're a lefty in college golf, you can squeeze more people uh, into your range slot <laughs> when there's. A hundred <laughs> girls warming up. So I think that worked out to all of our advantage in college.
1: <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's you can look great. right. Yeah, you can look right down the line too. Uh, just on a side yeah. note, and then, Cindy, I promise I'll let you have it. Is I'm actually left-handed, uh, which is kind of odd, and I'm the opposite to you. I actually was taught right-handed, and cannot play left-handed if my life depended on it. I don't know why, but that was what my father did. <laughs> I was growing up you didn't you know you didn't play left handed. Uh, you you were taught right handed. So that's kind of odd that mm-hmm. you're all right hand you know, right hand dominant, but you all play left handed and I'm the opposite. So anyways I thought I'd mention that. Cindy, go ahead.
0: Jamie's right or left handed and he plays right handed, our middle son. Anyway. Um so I have a different question. What is your job description as the assistant coach? Tell us what you have to do. Do you recruit? what do you do
3: yeah so it's funny people i think are a little bit surprised at the answer to this question i think maybe coaching golf is 10 percent of being a college golf coach um you've got well we have eight girls on our team right now so um kind of the minor things planning practice planning tournament schedules we've already got our tournament schedule set for um the fall semester next year. Travel planning, recruiting. We're in a recruiting um, freeze right now with the NCAA and COVID-19. So we're not able to travel and recruit. So we're doing a lot of um, FaceTime calls and Zoom calls. Um, So that's been definitely an interesting change that we've had to adapt to. Um, And then also just kind of managing nine different or eight different personalities and eight different um, learning styles is definitely um, kind of probably at the top of that list of what you do as a college coach.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Um, Cindy? Oh, I think we might've lost.
0: Sorry. Sorry. I had, I had muted myself. I had a little tiny doggy walking in here who wanted to make noise. So I apologize. (laughs) What do you like the best?
3: Um, I love competing. I'm such a competitive person and being able to have the girls on the golf course and be able to develop a strategy that works best for them individually at an event, um, playing against other teams, seeing what you have to work on, what your strengths are. Um, yeah, definitely traveling and competing at tournaments is my, hands down, my favorite part. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Ted? So when you play yourself um, and you're out there, what's, what is it that you've learned about golf? Because obviously you got into golf very, very young. What, what has golf taught you that you're now able to um, help some of the players um, during your coaching?
3: Mm-hmm. I think that I've had – a couple different styles of coaches, um, growing up kind of fine tune how I'd like to be as a coach. Um, first and foremost, especially on the golf course, I want to feel, I want my girls to feel like they can turn to me and say, Hey coach, can you walk with me for a couple holes and support them? Even if they just hit a bad shot, I'm not going to get upset or get frustrated. I'm going to do my best to kind of pull them out of whatever they're in and be able to, um, be there and be supportive. Um, but at the same time if my girls are listening to this, they're gonna laugh. They call me Sarge, like Sergeant, because <laughs> I don't I uh <laughs> I guess I don't I don't take any any crap from them and they know that they they're on their best behavior for the most part, um, when I'm around. So they joke around and they call her head coach cupcake and they call me Sarge because she's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> So they need
0: you, believe it or not. Let me ask
3: you this: We're, Do
0: you do uh, any team building or assessments with your with your girls? We, Alan and I, do that, and we've done it for lots of different college teams, Ohio State, Augusta State, all that stuff. So, do you have you ever done that with your
3: with your girls? Um, we do team bonding in the sense of kind of we do activities together a couple weeks we had a pumpkin carving contest together which we do every halloween which is really fun um, we're doing an early christmas party this year since all of our classes are going online after thanksgiving so all of our girls are going to get to go home early and and finish up their exams as far as assessments um not necessarily but um after this call i'd definitely be interested in learning um, kind of what all of that is about Cool. I'll send you some information.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Yes. Ted? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, as a coach to, um, you know, get everything, you know, all cylinders firing on the same, um, you know, engine, if you will. And, and it's difficult when you've got so many different personalities um, because you have some dominant players who are a little bit more aggressive and want to, you know, sort of get out there and just, um, you know, do what they do best, and then you have others that you have to sort of nurture along. So, what do you do in a case like that, um, Rachel, when you've got players who are, and I and I hate to put them in this box, but more of an A-type personality, they're very assertive, very—I don't want to say aggressive because that's not the best word to use—but but—and uh, then you've got others that are a little bit more. Um, you've got to nurture them along a little bit. How do you find balance when working with such different um, diversity of players?
3: Absolutely. That's a great question. And I think that's the, one of the best parts as a coach is learning how your players perform at their best. So off the top of my head, we, I can think of three girls on our team that are that type a, that you just kind of have to let them loose. They, they don't necessarily need you to, to be there to talk through a shot or through a scenario. And if you're there, it's more just for company. Um Like we'll be walking down the fairway talking about um, what happened or what you watched on ESPN that morning instead of, how's it going, Um, are you okay? But then we also have those girls who are more nurturing and um, we probably spend a little bit more time on the course um, in tournaments with them where they like to have the the second opinion on decision-making or commitment or just little friendly technical reminders. So it's definitely learning a balance between – between those and just um, kind of believing in yourself that you can let those Type A's kind of run, and then mm-hmm. the ones who need a little bit more support, we're able to give that to them.
1: Yeah, I think it's important finding that that balance. I also note here too um, that your your parents actually met at a golf course. Um, quite often yeah. they would play <laughs> pairs. That's kind of tell us a little bit about that. That's kind of a. Uh, a, a little bit of a romantic uh, story on the golf course.
3: Well, it's funny. So my parents went to the same high school, but they didn't know each other in Ottawa, Canada. Um, but my mom was friends with my dad's little sister and um, with one of his older brothers, so they kind of knew of each other, but not really. Um, and then when my mom was maybe 24, she joined the golf course and would play in the Business Ladies League with my dad's mum. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know if my, my Nana liked, um, the lady that my dad was dating at the time, but she suggested to my mom that they play in a mixed pairs event together. Um, and then I guess that was history. They ended up, um, playing in all the mixed pairs events together. They won the club championship the same year and, um, ended up getting married a couple of years later. So I guess it is really a golf romance story.
1: So, in that's other words, awesome. she ran blo- yeah, she ran block and, and <laughs> she
3: did she did you' are not, not a made a that man on that one <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: right yeah, you're not a made that happen um so <laughs> um, you know, obviously you mentioned some other sports and things like that 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 you follow and and obviously played uh, growing up and that, but what was it particularly about golf? Because that, you know, and the reason I ask this, I mean, I grew up very young playing golf and, you know, Cindy as well. Um, But typically it's not something that most people, unless they have it in your family, what, what is it about golf that you really like?
3: Kid. And I think it's why I hung on to basketball for so long. I love being a part of a team and the team aspect. And then when I kind of understood that golf was played as a team sport in college, I think that drew me to it even more. Um, I joined an academy when I was um, 13 and that made it feel like a team aspect. There was 10 girls in our academy um, and Carol golf Academy up in Toronto. So it, it was almost like we had our own little team. So when we would go travel and play in tournaments in the summer, it's like, Oh, there's my teammate or there's, I play golf with her in my academy. So it was an individual sport for me and I'm very competitive in that sense. Um, if it's just me, then it's kind of me against the golf course or me against everyone else we're playing. If it's a match play scenario. Um, I think just the competitiveness of it, um, and never being able to kind of reach that level of perfection. It's all you need to work for hours on end, maybe just to fix a couple minor things. Um, and always being able to, to improve and get better.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a continually growing sport in the sense from a personal standpoint. I mean, you're never going to perfect it. Um, You're going to get better, but you're not necessarily going to perfect it. Um, When you've worked with, with students um, you know, you're always going to see those, those shining lights. You're going to see those stars, if you will, that, that come out and, and you just know that that person is going to do well. Um, But you also have those that just don't, that can be, uh, you know, a a, a difficult um, thing as a professional to have to, um, you know, say to somebody that has great aspirations that maybe this isn't going to happen. Have you had that happen in your career thus far where you've had somebody that maybe just doesn't have um, the, the strong ability to really take it that far? Have you had to have that conversation?
3: Thankfully, not yet. Um, we... I think when you're recruiting, we love to recruit kids who are super passionate about golf. And whether they play on the team towards the five or not, um, they all hold such a valuable role in our program, whether it's leadership, whether it's communication, whether it's team building. Um, And if a player doesn't play, that sometimes doesn't mean that they're not necessarily a vital part of our success as a team. Um, so I've been fortunate enough not to be faced with this scenario. Um, and I think it is because of good recruiting on um, coach MJ's behalf before I got here. And then um, both of us throughout the success of the program. Um, yeah. We've been fortunate enough not to have to deal with that yet.
1: That's good. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
3: Do you take walk-ons? I'm. Um, we haven't. We're, we're a fully funded school, so um, we have eight players right now. We have three internationals, but we actually don't have any girls from Arkansas. Um, I don't know Arkansas State. There isn't a club golf team. I'm sure we'd consider it if um, the opportunity arose, but typically we have a lot of out-of-state girls who come um, and definitely an international um, influx of players coming through where do you find your players
2: so like, do much you go to junior of, tournaments
3: yes so we definitely travel um to junior tournaments through arkansas and um, tennessee oklahoma texas alabama kind of all of the bordering states down to florida um, we have a great pipeline up to Canada <laughs> just from um, our, our home connections, MJ and I, um, but we are also fortunate enough, MJ um, coached and played at OU for um, 15 years, so she was able to make a lot of connections through there, so having friends kind of all over the golf world. Um, literally in every corner of the world who, if they have a player who they think would be beneficial, they always um, drop us a line. So that's really fortunate to have those recruiting connections um, that lead to a lot of great players in our program.
0: What would you um, tell a young girl who might be like in ninth grade and has uh, three more seasons, and really wants to play D1 golf and thinks they're okay locally and and possibly regionally and they um they really want to play well but they don't understand that it's all about what do you shoot and are mm-hmm. you fun to be around or are you miserable what would you say to that young girl?
3: A lot of what we look for when we're recruiting is body language. Let's say the, the junior girl who we're going to watch, obviously we're looking at score, but sometimes you can tell they're just not having a great day. And how do they handle that? How are they going to handle um kind of showing up with their B game or even C game? Does, can they scrap it out? Um, what a what is their demeanor look like so what i'd say to um a young junior girl golfer is to continue to have fun with it have fun with playing golf because when you enjoy it you're always going to play better um and i'd also just encourage her to kind of make a checklist of what she thinks and her family thinks that they're looking for in a university whether it's a really big college or a small college um a school with what you're looking to study and make a really big checklist. How many golf courses do they have access to? How far away of it is it from home? Um, And then kind of reach out to some of those schools that you think check those boxes. And then maybe you're going to learn that um, that's not something you're looking for. That's something that you definitely want in a program. Um, I'd also encourage you or the player to plan a couple of events. Um, close to schools that they're interested in. So if you're from um, Michigan and you want to play at Michigan State, in and around that area so the coach has a chance to watch you once this recruiting ban is over.
0: That's a great idea. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Um, Rachel, let me ask you, you know, given, you know, the, the current environment, obviously, that everybody's in right now, and, you know, it's been difficult, obviously, um, with with the rulings that the NCAA has have come up with and understandably so um, coming into next season, what are you guys going to really be focusing on? Um, hopefully everything will will, you know, free up again. What, what are you guys going to be working on to really um, kind of make up for, for this season?
3: We were one of, I think, 50 programs that was fortunate enough to have a season this fall. Um, with that being said, I think that's only going to give us an advantage in the spring. When our season was cut short in March, um, it was right in the middle of a huge program push for us. We were on our way to winning our fourth team event that year, and, and we, were, we were rolling um, so to have that cut short was really hard, but I think that only gave motivation to our girls for this year. Um, I think having the opportunity to play this past fall um, is going to give us a huge advantage because we already know um, what it's like to travel during COVID to how we, how we travel, how we get around, how we play in golf tournaments. Now that this is the new protocols that are placed with us. So using the fall is, very much so a learning curve, um, and then being completely prepared for the spring um, on what to expect.
1: Have you been given any ind- indication as to, uh, and, and forgive me if, if you've already mentioned this, uh, for next season? Obviously, we're still kind of in limbo with what's happening in that. Um, have you guys gotten any, any indication as to what's going to happen for next year um, in the spring? You know, if there's going to be a freeing up, or or is it going to be pre- pretty much mm-hmm. the same as what you all?
3: As of right now, we're a go, um, and right. that's that's me speaking personally at Arkansas State and the Sun Belt um, Sun Belt Conference. We are playing a spring season, but I know all coaches have their spring season set. Um, so hopefully that um, the coronavirus. The cases don't continue to rise because I think that will be a big factor, our ability to play golf in the spring. But what better sport to be able to um, socially distance than golf? I I think that it's a great opportunity. Hopefully that these kids are still able to play. Um, We're able to safely conduct a season, which I think we showed this year. Um, We implemented a ton of training protocols um, and safety protocols uh, in regards to COVID, um, and all of our girls stayed healthy and safe throughout the whole semester. So I think it's just a a great way to prove that we're able to still compete through these really difficult times.
1: Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. Well, Rachel, we want to thank you for for joining us this morning, and we want to wish you the best of luck in uh, in your season next year. It sounds like you guys have got a fantastic program, and you got two Canadians uh, uh, running the ship, if you will, for the women's golf team. So <laughs> you can't do any better than that. So <laughs> uh, well, thank, thank you for, so
3: much for having me on.
1: We, we appreciate so it. Thank you so much.
3: Good luck. Thank you very I look much. And thank All you. Right.
1: All right. Bye bye. It's going to be interesting, uh, you know, Cindy, to to see how next year plays out. Um, you know, we know as we've talked a number of times throughout the year that, you know, we've been very, very fortunate with the golf industry that, um, uh, you know, because of its sort of inherently built-in social distancing, that uh, you know, golf has has really you know done very well. But it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens from the team format, like like what Rachel's involved with, and, and many of the others across. Um, you know what's going to happen uh, come 2021. Um, are we still going to be in the same kind of situation, or, or are things going to change a little bit and, and open up a bit more? It's certainly not going to just uh, open all at once, but um, it'll be interesting to see how things move forward. And same thing with the uh, uh, with the tours as well. Are they going to you know go back to a full schedule, and are they going to start allowing uh, some crowds in, or not at all, or, or what's going to happen? Um, I don't know. What, don't you agree?
0: I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just really everything here is starting to close up again. So.
1: Yeah, I know. All I right. Don't um, know.
3: We,
1: yeah, we want to thank our, our guests, uh, Frida Schinholt and Rachel Pollack, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Uh, thank you, ladies, uh, once again, and congratulations to uh, Frida on her win uh, the Symetra Tour Championship. And we look forward to having you guys join us back here next week. On the Women of Go- Golf Show. God bless everybody. Have a great week, and thank you for, for tuning in. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks,
0: Ted. Bye bye.
1: Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, TalkStream Live and, of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.